Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni. On VSEN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Lombardi Line, presented as always by BetMGM. We're starting the week off right on a Monday. It's franchise tag deadline day. This big name free agent has a new home. Plus, some people are just more talented than others. We get it, Steph Curry. You're very, very good at all the things. Speaking <laughs> of talented, Michael Lombardi, our for, our former NFL GM, NFL executive, he's out there on the East Coast in Jersey. I'm Stormy Bonantoni at Circa Resort and Casino right. in Vegas. Michael, how was your weekend? How are you? I'm great, Stormy. My weekend was great. And yes, Steph Curry is multi-talented. <sighs> I mean, that eye-hand coordination that he has. How about Pat McAfee? How talented is Pat McAfee? I mean, the guy can kick the ball, he can throw it, and then he, you know, he, he plays golf. It's interesting to watch that tournament. You know, I love Lake Tahoe. Uh, love that area up there. And you got to give Steph credit. He's got that eye-hand coordination thing down to a science. It is crazy that, like, not only are you one of the best to ever do it in the sport that you have chosen to play for your career, but then you're also this good at something else and golf being one of the more challenging sports period to play. He gets a hole in one on national television, but then the most impressive thing is like when he does the behind the back shot that almost goes in, you're like, who is this guy? He can do it all, but it was fun. Yeah. I think I mean, how many players, how many players do you want to get to the game early to watch him shoot before the game? I mean, yeah. think about that stormy. No I mean, question. I watched the Will Chamberlain documentary, and he showed up a half hour before tip-off. I think he had something to eat, and then he went out on the court. Where this guy's out there shooting three-pointers from the stadium, from yep. the rafters. Yep, he goes out there in the stands, chucking him up, doing the the over-the-head, behind-the-back stuff. Super, super fun. And, I mean, just in general, I like the American century because you get to see just all these different guys and athletes from different walks of life hockey players, tennis players, what have you. Um, and it is a fun event, so I enjoyed it. But we do actually, this offseason, Michael, have a lot of NFL news to get into over the next two hours, so we might as well jump right into it. One of the biggest name free agents of this offseason has found his new home, DeAndre Hopkins, calling 
Tennessee, his new place of residence, uh, agreeing reportedly to a two-year, $26 million guaranteed deal worth up to 32 with incentives. I know you and Femi talked a lot yesterday about the odds movement with the Chiefs gaining a little bit of steam. The Titans did remain the favorite. Hopkins, of course, also paid a visit to the New England Patriots a month ago. But now that you know it is official, it's Tennessee, what was your initial reaction yesterday? Well, I think to me, you know, we talked about it on the air and the betting market was moving to Kansas City. It seemed like maybe if Kansas City could put together a package off of Chris Jones's redo, which we think will get done sometime mm-hmm. soon, that would give them enough cash to be able to then go after Hopkins, which I still think they need Hopkins. Remember, they were interested in trading for Hopkins. The, it was financially too much. They were interested in signing Juju Smith-Schuster back, but that became too much. He was the second leading receiver on their team. So I think this was one of those where the Titans just blew everybody out of the water with their offer. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was close. I don't think the Titans were competing with anybody other than their depth chart, but I think they made a significant deal to kind of to make sure they secured him. And I heard Mike Vrabel say on the broadcast yesterday – Uh, on the golf thing that he's known about this since yesterday, which would have been Saturday. So, yeah, I I think when you have the most money and the most desperation, you usually end up with the player. Right. And New England being one of the potential suitors in this throughout the the time that DeAndre Hopkins has been a free agent. I feel like, you know, Bill Belichick personally, he probably had a number in his mind. And if you're not going to meet that number, then okay, move on to the next thing. And to your point with desperation and cash, We know how much the Odell Beckham Jr. deal over with the Ravens probably skewed some things in the mind of DeAndre Hopkins, and now he gets a significant number. Yeah, I mean, he got 26 over two uh, reported. We'll see when it comes in. But you're right. I mean, New England was never going to get the 26 over two. When they did did, uh, uh, Parker's deal, Mm -hmm. Devontae Parker's deal, you know, that was a modest deal. I think it was 10. And – I still think that there could be a chance that they are involved with Dalvin Cook. They should be. I think Dalvin Cook would really make that Ramondo Stevenson, Dalvin Cook, that one-two punch in the backfield mm-hmm. really good. I think Pierre Strong's a good player. Is he ready to be that? No. You know, is Kevin Harris ready to be the backup? I don't know. I think there's a question mark there. I know you need two running backs in the NFL, so we'll see. If they turn and put their resources into Cook, I don't think Patriot fans should be bothered by that at all. As far as the Titans side of things, though, what do you think DeAndre Hopkins does do for this offense? Because immediately he is going to be wide receiver one. I think from a veteran presence standpoint, probably a great thing for the young Traylon Burks coming off of his rookie season. Uh, Does this open things up a little bit more now for Derrick Henry, who we know this offense runs through? What's your overall just opinion on like, does this move the needle at all for you for Tennessee? You know, it gives them a receiver. The two leading receiver, Robert Woods and Austin Hooper, are no longer on the team last year. I I think the guy that probably breathed the biggest sigh of relief was Ryan Tannehill. Because now on third down, he's got somebody I can throw the ball to and I can count on to make a play for me. You know, he can do something to help us, right? So they lost 94 receptions between Woods and Hooper that are gone from the team. I don't think Burke's going to catch up. The depth chart's not there. They didn't draft anybody. They didn't address the need. They signed Chris Moore from Houston. Moore is a special team or fourth, fifth receiver than is a, a one, two, and three receiver. So this was a move that Tennessee was competing against themselves, and Tannehill has to be ecstatic about it. Look, mm-hmm. this offense is going to be predicated on Derrick Henry running the football, 
Derrick Henry running the football, play action pass, Derrick Henry running the football. <laughs> and Hopkins can survive in that. Now, we know he doesn't practice a lot. You know, we know he's not always in in terms of the ability to have he plays, but he's not always healthy. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that works out. But Tannehill has to feel a side of relief because when you break this team down, I mean, look, they struggle. They were 36% on third down last year. It was hard to convert for them. Yeah, and, and he's a receiver that, yes, I know he's older, 31 years old. You're wondering how much there really is left in the tank, but that he, because his hands are so good and the catch radius is what it is, he can make a quarterback right yeah. in a lot of instances. And I think that'll really benefit Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. We know Mike Rabel is their coach. We know the defense should be good. And so I think going out and adding a guy like DeAndre Hopkins maybe can be that little bit of the shot in the arm that, hey, let's actually try to be competitive here. I know that we have some people on the network that thought prior to signing Hopkins even that the Titans could be maybe the worst team in the NFL this year. I've never thought that far about it. But now, whereas before when I looked at the Titans' win total at 7.5, I thought, "Ah, I have no interest really buying in. Now I, I would consider it maybe versus my feelings previous to this. The Titans are... Uh, off the board in the division odds right now for the AFC South. We did see it at plus 350 prior with the Jags and odds on favorite to make the playoffs. The number sitting currently plus 220 at BetMGM to miss around minus 275, minus $3. And Hopkins, for him personally, his receiving yards total 850 and a half. He went over under each of the last two years, but didn't play more than 10 games in either of those two seasons. Um, had 717 receiving yards, nine games in 2021. And so this is interesting too, just looking, looking at his numbers. He played the nine games. He missed a little time at the back end of the season with the injury and then obviously the PED suspension to start the year. But among wide receivers, Michael, to play at least nine games, he was top 10 in targets, receptions, receiving yards per game, and even fantasy points. So I am of the belief, like, I feel like the more that this soaks into me that he's going to be a Tennessee Titan, the more I start to like it and think that, yes, like you said, everything's going through Derrick Henry, but maybe a little bit of help there on the outside. Well, I mean, look, the, the Titans are who they are, right? I mean, they're, Mike Rabel's their head coach. They're going to win with the run game, play action pass, protect the football, don't lose the game. And then they're going to show their defense is really good. I mean, with Jeffrey Simmons inside, with Harold Landry, they signed Arden Key from Jacksonville, who had a good year in Jacksonville last year, another edge rusher. You know, they, they've signed uh, Murphy Bunning from the Arizona Cardinals to help their secondary, which they need a lot of help. I mean, this is a team that the reason that John Robertson isn't the general manager anymore is because some of these draft picks don't even get to the field for him. So, but this defense, now let's make no mistake about it. This defense, if healthy, will yeah. be good and they'll be hard to beat. I mean, they're 17 to 10 in that game against te- the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we think are going to run away with everything. I mean, we're ready to anoint them <laughs> the Super Bowl champions. And, you know, and they're and they're in a close game and if if and Josh Allen sacks Joshua Dobbs or else that's coming down to the wire. I mean, they're in games. And so I don't think you could just dismiss them. I don't think Jacksonville is as great as we think we are, they are. And I don't think Tennessee's as bad as people might think they are. I am in complete agreement with you there. These last couple of minutes, then speaking of the Jaguars, what did you think of Evan Ingram getting his deal done? Three years, 41 and a quarter million, 24 of that guaranteed. He had a real nice career resurgence last year in Jacksonville. Was big, I think, in the development of Trevor Lawrence becoming better and better at quarterback. What do you think of the deal that he signed? 
You know, we had Mia O'Brien on yesterday, and she was talking about how they thought in Jacksonville this deal was going to get done back in March, and it was close. And even Ingram tweeted out that he thought he was going to get that deal. He wanted a David Njoku deal that the, from the Cleveland Browns, and he got that. So I think it's good. Look, from a skill standpoint, right, this is a very talented, skilled team. When you have ATN in the backfield with these three receivers, and she mentioned yesterday how Calvin Ridley really looks good and how he kind of has become – like everything everybody thought he could be. And I thought that was a great trade by Jacksonville last at the trading deadline. So with Ridley, with Christian Kirk, with Zay, with Zay Jones, I mean, and now an ATN in the backfield with Ingram. I mean, this is a good team in that offensive line. Cam Robinson's uh, suspension hurts them. But if they overcome that earlier in the year, they should be good. The question mark for them is defensively. Mm-hmm. Can, they get, can they get pass rush? Can Travion Walker get some pass rush? And look, we all know this, no matter how bad – uh, how bad the Indy was or Jacksonville in the past. These games in the South, they may not be sexy, but they're always pretty good. Yeah, and you mentioned all of those weapons that Trevor Lawrence has at his disposal now on offense. I feel like Doug Peterson, and, and rightfully so, Doug Peterson has got a lot of credit for the the Trevor Lawrence sophomore season that he had. But, I mean, just the front office investing in a lot of those players when, when Urban Meyer was his head coach, the top pass catchers were Marvin Jones and LaVishka Chenault. Like, look at what he has around yeah. him now. It's very different. So we're going to step aside. Yeah, no question. While Ingram has secured his proverbial bag, there are a few running back deals we're keeping an eye on this franchise tag deadline day. Don't miss it when we return on the Lombardi line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. All you got to do is visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We're off and rolling here on the Lombardi line in about 15 minutes. Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook at the Borgata is going to join the program. We'll also have Teron Davenport in hour two, who is the ESPN NFL Nation beat reporter for the Tennessee Titans. Continue to break down all things DeAndre Hopkins and his new home. We'll do the same thing with Mike Pritchard, VEASAN's own former NFL wide receiver, spent a decade in the league, won a national championship in college football as well. All things wide receiver talk throughout the program. Alongside Michael Lombardi, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. It's franchise tag deadline day, the deadline approaching at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 Pacific today. And there are a few running back deals, Michael, we're keeping an eye on here. I think an enormous amount of pressure right now on the Giants and the Raiders to get their respective deal done. Not so much with the Cowboys, considering Tony Pollard actually signed his franchise tag deal but with Saquon Barkley and Josh, jo- Je- Josh Jacobs having not signed their tenders, where do you sit on, on, on how things might play out here? And do we see deals get done over the next handful of hours? You know, I, I think I'm in the, uh, uh, the minority here. I, I think there's certain running backs you have to pay. And Josh Jacobs, 340 carries, 2,000 total yards between passing and, and running. You know, that's a weapon. Mm-hmm. And and his ability to impact the passing game is really vital to the Raider offense. So Hunter Renfro is making fifteen million a year in the slot. Who would you rather have, Josh Jacobs or Hunter Renfro? Yeah. Austin Eckler said that on on Rich Eisen's show a couple days ago about how he has a hard time understanding how you know he's making X when the third receiver is making X squared. I agree. I agree. On Barkley's situation. He doesn't impact the passing game. He averages under six yards a catch. Not great in protection. Doesn't, you know, now he's a good runner. He's a really good runner. Is he as good a runner as Josh Jacobs? No. There's no way. Josh Jacobs is better than Saquon Barkley. Barkley's got the media behind him. Barkley has a lot, you know, the second pick overall in the draft. But Josh Jacobs is the better player. Tony Pollard is the more complete player. He can do so much in the passing game. And Josina Anderson, the former ESPN reporter, I don't know where she's reporting CBS now Sports other than HQ Twitter now. Universe. Yeah, she's on she's on the digital. Thank you, Stormy. HQ. There, there you go. Well, what a great alley oop right there. Awesome work. Uh, she thought that the, the Pollard is engaging in conversations. Look, the Cowboys need him. Mm-hmm. They need him. He's a playmaker. I think the the thing when it comes to Saquon is just the way that that Giants offense is built around him, right? Like similar to what we talked about with the Tennessee Titans and how Derrick Henry yeah. is the cornerstone. It's the same thing here with Saquon Barkley, where he's the centerpiece of that offense. And I'm sure there's a lot of frustration with him, not only with what you talked about with the third wide receiver making more than a lot of these backs and just the, de- the, the I don't want to call it devaluation of the running back, but that's the term that we keep hearing when it comes to these contracts right now in the position. But the fact that Daniel Jones gets the deal that he gets, obviously, yeah. when he's a mediocre quarterback at best and the star of your offense isn't getting a deal done. I mean, I said it this winter and I got I mean, there were more people upset with me. My dear friend Carl Banks, he was mad at me, you know, like, oh, I said, look, you can't pay Jones like he's the top player guy averaged under seven yards per reset per throw. 
I mean, you know, you just hit the nail on that. Their offense is, is can't extend itself because Jones isn't good enough to extend itself, yet they pay Jones like he is. And they did that because they want to be able to justify picking Jones sixth overall. Look, the Giants want to pay Barkley. They want to pay him. Look, nobody wants to pay their, their draft picks more than the Giants. That kind of endears themselves to being right. But now Barkley wants to make more. He wants to make in that Christian McCaffrey range because he knows, look, I you need me if you want Daniel Jones to make it. And Daniel Jones is sitting there making 40, 40 million a year, whatever he's making. So this is the web that they've weaved based on their over-evaluation. Of, let me ask you this, Stormy. If Daniel Jones was a free agent on the market last year, who would have signed him other than the Giants? Who would have had the best offer on the table? Well, that's, I feel like that's honestly a conversation topic that we had at the end of last season when everything was going on with the contract of like, what's the market for Daniel Jones? Who's going out there and getting him? Nobody. So you're not, you forced your own hand here in having to pay him what you've done. And now you made your right. bed and you have to lay in it. Right. Okay. So here's, let's play it through. If you put Daniel Jones out there in the market and you say, okay, and he comes back with you with a deal at $40 because somebody else was going to give it to him and he didn't want to leave, okay, we'll match that deal. We'll pay you. Mm-hmm. Then you can go to Barkley and say, look, we matched this deal. Right? This is what he was it's the worth. same thing with Barkley. Yeah. Who's paying Barkley $15 million a year? But when you give Daniel Jones the money, when you just give it to him mm-hmm. without really saying anything – then all of a sudden, Barkley has every reason to be upset. Why don't you give me the money? I'm the offense. He's not. See the problem here? And this whole notion that Barkley's going to hold out, miss week one. Oh, my God, I'm scared to death about that. Stormy, I won't sleep for the next six weeks. He could miss game one. He's not missing game one. Who cares if he comes to training camp? How much is I that game say check? 550000 It's the best thing that could happen to the Giants. You get the money back if he misses the game. They get a credit on their cap. It's the best thing ever. And then the fact that he's going to miss camp, that's going to worry me. Well, he's not playing in any of the three preseason games. We're not scrimmaging. He's not live to be tackled, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the last thing I want is him to get hurt in a training camp drill because some fat offensive lineman fell on his butt and he fell over him. Like, that's the last thing I want. So stay away. You could stay over there. I don't care. But you're coming to camp the Wednesday we're getting ready to play the opening game. I could tell you that. Yeah, and things you would hope would get figured out. The latest report I've seen, at least from ESPN's NFL Nation reporter Jordan Rannon or Renan, forgive me if I pronounce that incorrectly, said neither side seems overly optimistic at this point. A deal gets done today for Saquon Barkley and the Giants by the deadline. Um, lots of work to be done in order to get that to the finish line. And then as for Josh Jacobs, we saw the report from local Fox five reporter, Paloma Villacana this weekend, that if Josh Jacobs doesn't get a deal done with the Raiders, that he'll plan to sit out training camp too. But to your point, just lessons injury, right? Just hope that it's a positive thing for now and we'll get something accomplished. I mean, you can't overreact to it, right? There was a time when people missed camp. You were, it was concerning, especially yeah. rookies. But a rookie, like if Bijan Robinson, I know he signed, but if he were to miss camp, you know, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. We got to worry about protections. What are we doing? Okay. But Barkley, you know, he's been in the offense. It's the same offense over again. I'd rather know he's going to be healthy. And, and if he misses week one, I mean, it isn't like Barkley's Mr. Durable that he plays every week. I mean, give me a break. I do have one question when it comes to the dollars and cents of it all and the restructuring of Joe Mixon's deal specifically with the Bengals because he was making a number that a guy like Saquon Barkley, for example, is trying to get over. He takes a significant pay cut to stay with the team so that he can continue his championship aspirations, 
open up a little bit more for Joe Burrow, whose extension obviously needs to get done. He wanted to stay in Cincinnati, all of these things. But does that ha- is that a Bengals-specific situation here, or is does that impact in any way what's going on with some of these other running backs that are trying to reach a certain number and set the tone for running backs of the future and their value? Well, again, it's all supply and demand, right? I mean, Mixon did not have a good season last year. Maybe it was because of injuries, and it could be. But Mixon has the ability to be a three-down player. He can play in any personnel group. He can be your short yardage back. He can be your nickel back. Last year, that was Sammy Perrine running the nickel back. Mm-hmm. But Mixon didn't play to the level they need him to play to. And I think he was smart to take a, a pay cut because if he were on the market with Dalvin Cook out there, supply's too high. You're not going to get what you want. And so I think he did the smart thing. And it was smart for Cincinnati to not let him go because they need him. I mean, Trayvon Williams is their backup runner. Do you think you're going to go in the season with him? I mean, there was some leverage that Mixon had. Now, maybe they would have brought Kareem Hunt in. Maybe they would have signed Dalvin Cook. I don't know. But to me, they both they both needed each other in this situation. Yeah, I mean, to your point, he did have the dip in production. And I know he's got some off-field stuff going on as well with the road rage issue that happened. He's going to be at trial this next month dealing with that. So maybe it's not necessarily comparing apples and apples with these two, um, the current running backs in their franchise situation and Joe Mixon. But yeah, I too thought that that was a positive thing for the Bengals to get that done. And for Mixon not to have to deal with maybe getting released like we saw with Zeke and Dalvin Cook and then having to hit the open market. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes it's smart. You know, it's one thing to have false bravado and be act all tough, but it's another thing to be in the right place at the right time. And for Mixon, you know, without a lot of depth at their running back position, without Perrine there the shit to become the nickelback, he can play on all the downs, and he might hit all those incentives. Yep. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, the favorite in their division, one of the contenders to win a Super Bowl, and Joe Mixon was there when they played that first one two seasons ago. We got to take a quick break here, step aside. When we return, we will be joined by Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata out there in Atlantic City. We'll get into some NFL Week 1 talk with him. The Open Championship coming up this weekend. Rory won over this week in Scotland. Can he do it again with the British? That is to be determined. I know he wants to end that nine-year drought, but the history hasn't fared particularly well, people winning last weekend and following it up at the Open Championship. A lot more to cover here on the Lombardi line. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL betting guide is out now, and our college football guide is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and NFL seasons. Our experts have profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on futures and season win totals. Sign up before the end of this month and receive both guides and full VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl in February at our early bird discount, $175 for it all. Or you can sign up on a monthly subscription basis and get your first 30 days for just $19. See everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. This offer, again, ends on July 31st, so do not miss out on our preseason deal. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to join the fun and become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. 
We'll talk a little NFL here, a little open championship as well, but DeAndre Hopkins is not the only one with Nashville, Tennessee on the brain. We got college football and SEC media days going on at the Music City. To help us talk it all over, we bring in great friend of the show, Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata. Welcome in, Thomas. I feel like this is the time of year with you've got college football media days and NFL training camps upon us. The offseason is really winding down and things are going to get interesting soon. Yeah, it sure is. Sure is. And uh, welcome back, uh, Stormy. We missed you yesterday. Thank you. I appreciate you. Glad to be back in the fold. But I didn't mind missing the early 7 a.m. Pacific showtime, I will say. I got a little (laughs) extra sleep yesterday. But hey, let's start talking a little bit of SEC because obviously for that conference, everything runs through the Georgia Bulldogs, whether it's for an SEC title or for a national title at this point with the way they've dominated each of the last two years. How are people betting this league? Is there another team that people have found some intrigue with? Well, it's interesting because Georgia, you know, obviously they lost Stetson Bennett and key pieces of the defense. They have a, a pretty easy regular season schedule though this year. Their season win total is 11 and a half, which is extremely high. Uh, and they are the favorite to win the SEC. Um, but, you know, there, there are, for me, there's some questions around them. Uh, but, you have other teams out there like Bama who are, is getting some interest. I don't know if uh, Bill Berman is driving that interest here locally, but uh, <laughs> Bama's getting some betting interest. Uh, you know, they brought in the Notre Dame offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. Uh, and I think they could become a little bit more run heavy with questions on who will start a quarterback and who will step up at wide receiver there. But uh, for me, LSU, I think is, is a, uh, I wouldn't fault anybody for for taking LSU right now. They're they're plus four fifty to win the SEC. It's season win total sitting at nine and a half. Uh, it surprised a lot of people last year, but Jaden Daniels back at quarterback and the in, entire offensive line returning. Uh, I I kind of like them as uh, uh, somebody would take a shot there at uh, them to win the win the conference. Yeah, I mean, Jaden Daniels, who struggled at Arizona State, GG, kind of played improved there at LSU. And I think, you know, when you look at the the upper echelon of the Southeast Conference, it's kind of a hard to handicap. There's the pedigree that you're handicapping, Alabama, Georgia. But we're not sure if they're really good at quarterback at either school. Is Beck going to be? And Beck was a four-star recruit right. out of out of Jacksonville. You know, he was a top 150. I mean, he doesn't come in with, oh, my God, over-the-top credentials like all the quarterbacks at Texas. And it's the same thing at Alabama. So, to me, I think your logic is right. Go with the quarterback for a chance, right? Yeah, I, I would. And, uh, Michael, wanted to get your, your take on uh... – on a and M here as well. Win total sitting at eight and a half. Yeah. Now I don't think they'll necessarily uh, be a threat to win the conference, but uh, the win total eight and a half and you expect improvement here in the passing game. Uh, I think the offensive line has the potential to be pretty special and uh, sophomore Connor Wigman there at quarterback, I think should develop nicely here. So what are your take there? Do you, would you take the over the eight and a half with a and M? Well, I think, look, I have great respect for Bobby Petrino as an offensive coach. I have no respect for for uh, Jimbo Fisher as an offensive coach. I think Jimbo Fisher's offense is so outdated, and it's he's a media darling. He's pretended to be this incredible offensive coach, and if you understand offensive football, you know, the, the, the roux isn't in the guru when you watch his offense. But when you watch Petrino, it's there. 
and Petrino will make Wegman a better player. I think the issue that I have with A&M is how do those two really type A personalities, how are they going to get along? And if they start well and Petrino gets credit, how does how does Jimbo handle that, right? I mean, look, one thing we yeah. do know about A&M, they got a lot of players and they got a lot of talent. Can this talent come together? You know, they've got a bunch of highly recruited freshmen. The 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 Micah Tease kid is supposed to be sensational. Raymond Contrell is supposed to be unbelievable. We'll see. Uh, but I do think they will be better. I think eight and a half. And as you mentioned, that offensive line, if it's good, mm-hmm. Petrino, if he's allowed the coach, will be outstanding. And, and to your point about the youth, Michael, too, uh, those young guys from last year, right, should have a little bit more experience under their belt. So the talent isn't an issue, but can everything gel together? But I like what TG said about LSU, too. And my stupid brain automatically goes back to, hey, Kim Mulkey and LSU women's basketball winning a title her second year as a head coach. We had the LSU baseball team in in their coach's second year of his tenure. Maybe, maybe, uh our, our former Notre Dame head coach in year two, Brian Kelly, can get it done uh, with the LSU Tigers. Here with Thomas Gable, director of Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata, let's turn our attention to the Open Championship. Over the weekend, Rory McIlroy birdied his last two holes to win the Genesis Scottish Open. He's obviously going to try to carry that over into the Open Championship. He and Scotty Scheffler are both co-favorites right now at 7-1. to one. But what do you think like of Rory specifically in this spot, TG? Obviously, the nine-year drought continues to loom, but he's been in great form this season. A short number, but do you think he's got a legitimate chance to contend here? Uh, yeah, he absolutely does. I mean, you know, winning the Scottish Open, it's kind of not the uh, the jinx that it used to be before uh, Phil did it. You know, before it was nobody wants to win the Scottish Open because you you can't win that and the Open back-to-back, and then Phil did it a few years back. So, um, you know, McElroy, I think is certainly primed to do it. Uh, as you said, he's the betting favorite here, seven to one. I've Scheffler nine to one, um, moved him up a bit. Uh, but Scheffler has just been so good. I mean, 16 straight top 12 finishes for Scheffler, seven straight top fives. I mean, that those are like tiger esque numbers, uh, when you're looking at it. Uh, he's just, he, he's got a win now. And, you know, Royal Liverpool here, not a particularly glamorous course, doesn't resemble the other Lynx courses that, that are in the open rotation in terms of uh, how they look physically. But uh, you'll see some deep greens here, a lot of hollows and depressions surrounding them. There's a lot of strategy around angles and distance. And I think there's going to be a fine line between a shot that ends up great and one that you may may basically leave you dead. Um, they've made a few changes to the course since the Open was last played here in 2014. Uh, some new bunkers are added and new tees. And course will play just under 7,400 yards, but the biggest difference will be a new par 317 hole. Uh, of course, Tiger won here in 2006. And that week, he only hit one driver one time all week. His irons were on point. He got around by just kind of dissecting these holes. Um, and we talked before that it seems like the best player in the world seems to rise to the occasion at Hoy Lake. Back in 2006, when Tiger won it, he won eight times that year. McElroy, when he won it in 2014 here, he won four times. So when you're looking at the board, I think you have to look at the top guys who are right there. Scheffler, McElroy deserve to be in that conversation. Um, you know, looking at guys, though, who play 
really well on link style courses. You have Jordan Spieth there for the Americans. Um, he, he has fared pretty well over time. He's had a decent number. You can get him at 33 to one. Uh, of course, then you have the Europeans like Justin Rose, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrell Hatton. Uh, all those guys, I think, will be right there as well in contention and would not fault anyone for uh, taking a shot on any of those guys. Hatton, 25 to one, lowered a little bit after his finish uh, in the Scottish. And um, uh, but and Fleetwood's been in great form lately, too, at 22 to one. TG, I just went through the weather report over there in Royal Liverpool, not qualified as a weatherman, but it sounds like the highs are going to be in the low 60s with winds gusting to 20 miles an hour. Thursday, wind heavy in the afternoon, and Saturday could be the worst conditions of the entire weekend. Is there a wind player you like in this group? Well, that's what those names that I just read off, Spieth, Rose, Fleetwood, Haddon, those guys are all used to uh, playing in wind. That I, I think they can all play well. Uh, even though Spieth is the lone American in that, we know where he was born and raised and came up playing. Uh, he, he knows how to play in the wind. So uh, I think any of those guys, you can't go wrong. If the forecast is going to get bad, um, any of those guys I think are worth a shot. TG, we got to step aside, but um, because on the other end of this break, we're going to talk NFL Week 1. What's the biggest line move that you've seen for those Week 1 NFL games? Hasn't been much of much moves at all. Uh, maybe a point here or there in the totals. Uh, the the um, Thursday night opening game there, Lions and Chiefs. I uh, served some early money at the Chiefs, uh, laying a 6.5, so that's moved up to 7 now. But uh, for the most part, spreads are just moved to half a point. Good stuff, TG. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Thank TG. You. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and... Ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when your friend signs up through the BetMGM Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign in to your BetMGM account, click the Refer-A-Friend program, send your friend a message that invites them to register a new account in the same state that you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, you both get the $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Who doesn't love free money? And the way you look at some of these most bet and highest handle games for the NFL week one, people must think there's free money out there for some reason with how much people have actually already invested in these, Michael. Let's start as we kind Uh. of look over the week one slate With that Chiefs-Lions Thursday night game that Thomas Gable mentioned before the break, the Lions were getting seven. We've seen the Chiefs bet a good bit. They're sitting at six and a half right now. It's also the most bet over of the opening week as well, over 54, 54 and a half. Do you agree, though, with the money coming in on Kansas City? Well, look, I think a lot of week one, you have to go back and and really handicap the head coaches and their preparation in terms of how – they take training camp, do they take it seriously or do they don't, right? And Andy Reid, we know Andy Reid is very diligent of training camp. He has physical practices, he gets his team ready, and they usually play well on opening day. You know, when we look at Detroit, Detroit last year played Philly. Two years ago, they played San Francisco with Dan Campbell, and both games were high-octane, high-scoring games that Detroit came out on the wrong side of. So I think this is a game where you could easily say both offenses will be ahead of the defenses, which lends itself to the over. And I really believe how Detroit handles the their defense, how their defense handles Mahomes. Mahomes has got some question marks offensively. No Smith-Schuster, second-leading receiver on the team. Who's going to assume that role? Sky Thompson, plus there's some moving pieces in the offensive line. Yeah, I I understand why people would like the over, even with it being as high as it is. People love points first and foremost, but two of the best offenses in the NFL last year, top five, whether you're looking at yards, points, just about any category, things came together from that standpoint. It's interesting because I, I wonder as well when it comes to the Chiefs, if there is maybe a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover type of a lag, But I'm also not buying into the hype to the extent that most people are with this Detroit Lions team. Yes, they had a fantastic end of the season last year. But think about how rough that defense was early on. Yes, they should be improved. But like, how much can you really improve off of a defense that was that bad to begin with? So I have a lot of question marks on both sides. I'm not going to be betting this game until we get closer to kickoff and no information about health and all of those other little things. But we'll see. Another one of the the Uh, higher bets. Go ahead. I do think, though, Stormy, I think this is like we have to be really careful here. How far, where is this chief offense? I mean, you know, Tony's a player they traded for, but he's never healthy, right? Valdez, Scantling, the outside receiver. You know, McKinnon will be the second best receiver on the team as the nickelback, right? Because with with Smith-Schuster no longer there, it still comes down to Kelsey And can someone else really contribute? And I think in the opening weekend, we're going to find that out. Look, they've they've tried to do everything to help the offensive line. Donovan Smith, they signed to play left tackle. 
He did not play well last year in Tampa Bay. Is he going to be good enough to protect? Is he going to be an upgrade over Orlando Brown? I think those are fair questions to ask yourself. Good one, certainly, to start off the NFL season on Thursday night. Bengals-Browns, another number that's been pretty interesting here in one of the more bet games. The Bengals are 1-2 and two under Zach Taylor in season opener so far. Two of those games have been overtime games as well. We remember last season, the unexpected, uncharacteristic loss to the Steelers in that opening game. But the Browns, the Bengals, excuse me, only laying two and a half points in this season opener. I... We talked about it last week a little bit. This one feels like a trap. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, I, I like the Browns here. I, I think to me, if you study Zach Taylor, not a lot of OTA days, doesn't have a hard training camp, started out five and four the last two seasons, you know, could not have played any worse, could not have played any worse in opening day at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. Five turnovers. I know the game went to overtime, but I think the Steelers had less than 150 yards of total offense in the game, and yet they were they won the game. So, you know, if that's how this is going to go, I would say I'm I like Cleveland and getting points at home as a home dog. However, I'm going to watch the preseason closer here on Cincinnati to see what they have planned. There's a lot of moving parts in Cincinnati. You know, they lost. There's two starting safeties, guys that were the cornerstone of their defense, Von Bell and Jesse Bates. So without those two guys, who's doing the communication? Who's making sure everything's in sync? Look, I think Lou Amaromo's a great coach, but it may take some time. And with Zach Taylor, we know that he's not in a rush to get to the second gear, that the second half of the season's always better than the first. Talking NFL week one, looking at some of the ticket and handle counts on BetMGM for this season. What's another game, Michael, that when you saw either whether it's a line move or just the initial number that stood out to you? Well, I mean, look, we talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars as a Super Bowl team, that they're going to be going, you know, they're great. You know, they're unbelievable. I mean, you know, that we go, we go all, all hype on Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville is just a two-and-a-half-point road favorite against Indianapolis, who doesn't announce the starting quarterback. <laughs> they have any, they, We don't even know who's starting for them, and they're only two-and-a-half-point favorites. Well, you would think that if they're, you know, the book's saying, we're going to be cautious about Jacksonville, too, here. Like, nobody's running up on that. I think I thought that was interesting. Like, for example, we don't know who's going to start at quarterback for Tampa Bay. But Minnesota's been a consistent six-and-a-half-point favorite. And we know Minnesota's gone through a bunch of changes. And they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Tampa. We don't know who their quarterback is. Meanwhile, Cleveland's only a two-and-a-half-point dog. I mean, excuse me, Jackson, Indy's only a yeah. three-and-a-half-point dog at home. And we don't even know who their quarterback is. Because you mentioned a couple, uh, we obviously started off talking about the Chiefs, but now the Vikings. Have you watched any of that? Netflix quarterback show yet, no. Michael? Have you got it? No. It I started to a little bit last week, and then I kind of got sidetracked. I went. I, I'll I'll admit to you, Stormy. I watched the Yogi Berra documentary. It ain't over. So I got away from that. I was on an airplane and I watched Yogi, and I enjoyed that tremendously. I loved Yogi and the history of Yogi and and how he became this kind of cartoon character, but he was really yeah. uniquely one of the most talented baseball players that no one really thinks of as a unique talent with his three MVPs, his 11 titles. You know, the man achieved tremendous amounts. Okay, I get it. You're out here learning, and I'm just re-watching a season from a different perspective that I just watched a year ago. It's fine. but I didn't you, mean it like that. I did not mean it like that. If you do end up watching any of it, though, 
I'm curious your takeaways from, especially like looking at Kirk Cousins and looking at Patrick Mahomes, the likability factor and the competitiveness factor and the toughness, a lot of things that you you might think that you know about somebody, but seeing it from a different perspective was very welcoming. Like yeah. I, I walked away from that series and I was like, I really like Kirk Cousins. What a good guy. I hope he has yeah. success. And I am somebody that is on the Vikings season win total over this year where I know you are not. So maybe I can get you on board if I get you to like yeah. Kirk a little bit more. <laughs> well, I, I look, I think Kirk's really talented and I think he does. It puts incredible numbers up. You cannot deny that. You cannot deny that. And I think the one thing I hope that people get out of this documentary is how hard it is to play the position. Oh, yeah. Like it's real. It's a lot of work that goes into getting ready to be at that line of scrimmage with 25 second clock and be able to get everything organized and go. That's why to think that C.J. Stroud, who did most of this the whole time in Ohio State, or mm -hmm. Anthony Richardson is going to be able to to get up to speed. I think use – I'm going to watch it, but I would watch this with the idea of how could a rookie really do this? Mm-hmm. I'm excited for when we actually do get to week one and we're breaking down every single game in detail and kind of going through things and we know who the quarterback is that's going to be starting on day one. It'll be a lot more interesting then. One more game I'm going to throw at you. Tennessee Titans getting three well, before at you the go Saints. there, it's Before you go there, Stormy, you know what's interesting is Indy doesn't have a starting quarterback. Tennessee doesn't have a starting quarterback. San Francisco doesn't have a listed starting quarterback. Arizona doesn't on our board. But guess who does? Houston. Yep. They have Stroud as the starter. Yes, and I think that's significant. So what, what I granted, we only have 45 seconds now here, but what is your general feel I'm sorry. for CJ Stroud um, guiding that? Uh, and they're a nine and a half point dog in their opening game against the Ravens. But for CJ Stroud, do you like that approach? Like he has to start day one. Yeah, but I think it's going to be hard for him. I think when you're going against the Mike McDonald defense, which is a little bit, you know, uh, not normal and they start to do some different things to you. It, it's going to, and you've got a new offensive coordinator and you got a, a quarterback who's never really called the game in the huddle. You know, I'm surprised it, that this game opened at 10. It's at nine and a half. It went down to eight and a half, at nine and a half. And now it's kind of floating. I think it's going to be a hard game for Stroud. What's going to happen at Ohio State too without him? Lots to uncover here over yeah. the next couple of weeks before things get underway. We're going to step aside, take a quick break. Hour two on the horizon and step into my office with Michael Lombardi next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! 
and even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. 